On this Air Check episode, we continue our season finale, part four of our four-part series with Jimmy Fink. Jimmy takes us into the studio during the WPLJ reunion radio show. He also reveals some funny moments during interviews with Elton John, Frank Zappa, and ZZ Top. The late Rush drummer Neil Peart tells Jimmy how he felt about being famous. Jimmy talks about his current radio show on 107.1 The Peak in Westchester, New York, and one of his most remarkable moments of his career. It happened at 92.3 K-Rock in New York with Howard Stern. Here we go. Welcome to AirCheck Season 4, a podcast about radio's personality. From radio personalities, managers, consultants, owners, and your most humble hosts. From Philadelphia, Rich DeSisto and Paul Kelly. I'm Rich DeSisto. And I'm Paul Kelly. This is the final episode of Four with legendary New York radio personality, Jimmy Fink. Still a staple on the FM dial, doing afternoons at 107.1 The Peak in Westchester, New York, one of the many stations he joined at their respective launches. On our previous episode, part three of Four, we found out what happened in 1996 when New York's K-Rock changed format from classic rock to alternative rock. When music changed in the late 1990s and uh, the people at K-Rock thought that They can't keep playing classic rock, so to speak, and there was new music coming in. The Pearl Jams and Green Days of the world, they decided to change direction. What Jimmy hates the most about being on the air. One of the things that I hate is is being on the air when somebody dies. I I, I was to tell Chris Herman, you know, when Paul McCartney passes away, I like want to be on vacation. I don't I don't want to be here. Jimmy also shared with us his interview with Mick Jones of Foreigner. A couple of times I was with Foreigner. One time was at their manager's office. His name is Bud Prager. I was interviewing them for this uh, program called Supergroups in Concert. I did that with Foreigner and the Allman Brothers and few other bands. And his daughter's encounter with Sir Paul McCartney. My daughter Lucy was uh, at a restaurant in the Hamptons and Paul was sitting there with his wife Nancy, his current wife Nancy, and Nancy is a friend of a friend of ours. And Lucy went up to the table where they were sitting. Jimmy Fink. Well, as we discussed earlier in this four-part series with you, Jimmy, radio stations change formats. And almost 50 years after WPLJ was launched, it went dark. New owners came in, changed the format to K-Love. They made the switch at 7 p.m. on May 31st, 2019. But a few months prior, in February, there was a celebratory send-off, a reunion radio show. Talk a little bit about that. That must have been a pretty special moment. And who was in the room? Well, Jim Kerr was there, Carol Miller, uh, myself. Uh, Pat St. John was not there. He's he lives in San Diego now and does his serious show from his home studio in uh, California. Um, but the the three of us were basically were there. Uh, Shelly Sunstein, of course, was there as well. And uh, we chatted. We uh, we were on the air with, um, you know, some of the current or then current PLJ people and uh it, it was nice. It was nice to see all those people again. We had also a party at the cutting room. It was like a PLJ reunion thing uh, where all all of those folks were there as well, including Alan Shaw, which is he, he's the person, you know, who originally gave me my first job, you know, back at WABC FM, that vice president of ABC at the time. So it was a thrill to see him again after after all these years. And yeah, like I said, people bought PLJ several times over the course of of the years, uh, but they never turned it into a religious station <laughs> until the current people bought it. The funny line that we heard back then was, this station is now programmed by God. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, I don't, I, and I don't know one person who listens to it either. No offense to the Christians out there, but I don't know who's listening to that in New York. Hit you with another rapid fire. Again, the names that you've gotten to meet backstage, on the phone, in the studio, just just incredible. Elton John. Elton John met also a couple of times. Most memorably was the time when he came into the um, uh, PLJ and to one of our studios at the time for an interview. I remember the funniest thing about that interview was, <laughs> I was thinking about Frank Zappa for a second. I'll tell you the, a Zappa story after this. <laughs> Please but, do, yes. <laughs> that's because it was in the same room. But uh, Elton was there and there was a you know pile of carts on the table. These carts for those non-radio people they look like eight track tapes yeah and if you're probably you know under 40 you might not know what an eight track tape is either <laughs> but anyway it's a little thing it's like a, a little bit bigger than a pack of cigarettes it's a tape <laughs> enclosed tape in a plastic case and there was a whole pile a stack of carts on the table when i was interviewing elton and he was talking and gesturing with his hands and one time the hand gesture knocked over the entire stack of carts in the middle of the interview and made a big, horrible crashing sound onto the tape. And Elton leaned into the microphone and he said, excuse me, my earring just fell off. <laughs> <laughs> so that was funny. And then Frank Zappa, that's why I wanted to go back to that because that was in the same room there, one of the production studios at WPLJ. And as I said, I'm always prepared for an interview. So I was sitting in the um, studio there with some rock and roll history books in front of me. You know, the history of rock and roll, Rolling Stone magazines, this and that, or the almanac of rock. And I'm just looking up some interesting things about Zappa to ask him. Of course, you know, I know a lot about these people, but you know, when you get into an interview situation, you want to come up with something. You don't want to ask him, you know, things that everybody asks him. You want to do a dig deep and do some research and come up with some questions that, you know, that are not always asked. And so I'm there with these books out in front of me and preparing for the Zappa interview. And all of a sudden the door opens and Frank Zappa walks in the room and goes over and sits down and looks around at the table and saw all the books open to the Zappa page. And he looks at me and he goes, oh, great. You had to look me up. <laughs> <laughs> the interview is pretty much <clears throat> downhill from that point <laughs> we've all had those <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely yeah not all the interviews that you do with these rock personalities are thrilling and great sometimes you come away and they're just not that good you know how about zz top zz top was farting all through their interview um, <laughs> that was also in a hotel room at the waldorf it was kind of weird to be with zz top at the waldorf astoria you don't think of them as the high class high echelon people who might be staying at the waldorf in a suite of rooms but uh their song i'm bad i'm nationwide was there at the time and as they're farting through the interview one of them dusty hill i think leaned into the microphone and he goes oh we're bad we're farting nationwide <laughs> <laughs> they're and their writer specifically said there must be spittoons in the Waldorf for these guys during this interview. <laughs> no toilet paper, but spittoons. Jimmy, what about the late, great Neil Peart? Neil is the drummer of Rush, of course. Also, I think, wrote a lot of the lyrics for Rush songs. Very, very intelligent. Not super friendly, but you know, not nasty in any kind of a way. But also very honest in his uh, discussion with you and uh, really didn't like his position. You know, he liked being the drummer of Rush, but didn't like the other part that goes with 
being a rock star, the, the public persona of it all, and that everybody wants you and everybody's after you all the time. And so Neil was not a big fan of being a rock star and uh, told me so. It doesn't suit me at all. You know, I'm, I'm not made for it. I, I find it very embarrassing and uncomfortable to be known to people who I don't know, you know, to have strangers come up to me and think they know me. And it's, it's not a matter of arrogance or anything, it's just pure embarrassment. I just, I get embarrassed and very uncomfortable by it, so consequently, it makes my life miserable. So, 107 won the peak, debuted, I believe, in 2004, and uh, once again, you arrive at an inception point, almost uh, uh, 10 years removed from the radio bug. Talk about uh, that mind trip and, you know, how you ended up there and, and, and how things have been uh, ever since. Well, after the bakery uh, finally met its demise, there was a couple of years in there where I uh, helped out some friends with marketing and their companies. I actually worked for one of these like restoration companies, you know, like that thing you see on TV, like it never even happened, you know, after a person has a fire and you come in there with your machines and do the cleanup. And this friend of mine uh, worked there and wanted some marketing help. And I helped him out there for uh, about a year or so. And then one day I was driving around in Westchester and I saw a bus poster that indicated 107.1, the peak would, would be a new station. I said, you know, let's, well, maybe we can get back into that. And, uh, called up and got in touch with Chris Herman, who was a Boston guy, didn't really know that much about me, you know, maybe knew the name because I did do these, some of these nationally syndicated shows. And I was a radio fixture in New York radio for you know 30 years or so. But when he told his wife that he, Jimmy Fink contacted, she said, are you crazy? <laughs> like, get him, get him. Because uh, she's, she's a Jersey girl, you know, listen to PLJ and, and K-Rock. Once again, I found myself at a radio station just starting out a little bit different from some of the other stations because it's not a big corporate scene like ABC or, you know, K-Rock was with tons of people outside the, uh, the broadcast booth, uh, salespeople and promotion people and staffs in every direction and big offices. And this is just a little local station in White Plains. But yeah, started working there right from the beginning. Happy to be on the air again. And uh, I've worked there longer now than I've worked at any radio station. Wow. Worked there for it's almost 18 years. And in, 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 uh, in June of this year, it'll be, it'll be 18 years that I'm at the peak, which is just a fantastic radio station because rock is not just classic rock. Didn't stop in the 1990s. There's so much new music coming out still today that's worth it. Okay. Maybe it's not the Beatles and the Who and Queen and Led Zeppelin, but it's good. You know, it's the Killers, it's the Lumineers, it's um, uh, Portugal the Man. It's there's just a lot of current great bands, and I just named three, but there are tons of them. I'm happy to be on a radio station that remembers the classic tunes, but also knows that there's a lot of new music still coming out out there, and it's our job to turn people on to it. Air Check, a podcast about radio's personality. From Radio Personalities, you're listening to Season 4. Catch up with Seasons 1, 2, and 3. Available now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also tell your smart speaker to play Air Check Podcast. 
Jimmy, I wanted to give a, uh, I don't know, a posterior kissing pitch about uh, 107.1 The Peak. It's the station that I stream, number one uh, of any radio station. And uh, what's really cool about it, for somebody that's never listened to this radio station, I mean, you mentioned um, some of the new music that the station exposes, but it's not just a new music station. It's got a a good blend and, and a nice way that it threads the new music uh, through library tracks that also make it onto the air for for radio industry people that are listening you know the first song that you hear in the top of the hour when you hear the first song out of the id it's not going to be what you expect you might hear cross, yeah. cross-eyed and painless from talking heads you might hear white <laughs> punks on dope from the tubes and then you'll hear that brand new song from the lumineers and then on comes carpet crawlers from genesis and yeah so it, yeah. it's not a pigeonholed format it's just a it's a really cool blend it's not eclectic it's not like some weird non-com station it is a dumping ground for new music you guys really weave the music together so wonderfully so if there's any more kind of ass kissing that could have been done it's, it's right here so make sure chris Herman checks out the episode and knows how much of a fan i am of the radio station well i appreciate that you know there's this local store i i go to and around here and they always have uh q104 on and so they're always playing the same things you know the, the stairway to heavens and the leonard skinnards and the, the typical songs that you hear on these classic rock stations that only play like 300 songs altogether. I mean, if you listen to them, you would think The Who only made five songs. <laughs> uh, you, we, we try to play some, as far as the classic rock songs, yeah, we do play the Crocodile Rocks once in a while, but uh, we also try to go a little bit deeper and play, like if I'm going to play an Elton John song, I know on my show today, I'm playing, um, I think, uh, I feel like a bullet in the gun of Robert Ford, you know, a, a, kind of a deep track from Elton that you don't hear all that much on the radio, but sounds great. And I can remember in the first couple of years of the peak, man, people would just like be coming out of the woodwork and just not believe what they heard uh, on our station. After you listen to it for a while, you do realize that there is a format and songs do get repeated, uh, but certainly not as often. I mean, we have a music library of tens of thousands of songs. and We're not just playing the same 300 songs over and over again. So it's a fun place to work. And it's just a little tiny little community. Chris, a coach, our morning guy and me, we're basically the triumvirate who carries the station, especially since the pandemic. Just recently in the past few months, some of the part-timers have come back. You know, I broadcast the show from home. We do have a formal office location and there's a sort of a makeshift studio there, but it's not really your typical formal radio station. And um, it's also not your typical formal radio station from the listener's standpoint either. Well, that's the beauty of radio because you would never know any of these things. You know, I've got this image in my head of this radio station where each of you guys are walking up and down the hallways and in and out of the studio and I'm in radio and and I've got that image. So you're doing a great, you're doing an excellent thing. Thank you. It's, it's, it's fun and it's, it's music based. You know, people don't, talk about the music so much on the air anymore i remember one time i was listening to z100 and somebody had called in i don't i don't remember what the what the context of it was sometime in the middle of the conversation they were asking about the song that the z100 had just played and the just shocky basically was saying something like well, i don't know what we played you know we're not listening to the music <laughs> you know <laughs> 
And so, you know, it, it, at, at the peak, it's completely different. Most of our chatter is chatter about the music, although we do talk about local things happening or things that happen. You know, I talk about things that happen in my life or whatever, but mostly it's it's music centric. And there's not too many radio stations that, that are that much anymore music centric. Well, it's refreshing to see a station try something different. The pandemic, notwithstanding this new competitive age of digital distractions has, you know, put put a hurting on radio and some of it is self-inflicted. But then there's a station mm-hmm. like The Peak, you know, perhaps leading the way to new formats. I like it. You know, there was this radio station in uh, California, KFOG in San Francisco, that a few years ago changed formats. They had a format similar to The Peak. And it's really, a, it, it's, you know, in the history of radio stations, it's one of those classic radio stations, KFOG. They just one day changed format, you know, just like when I talked about before, that a radio station is not really like your friend. They can change personality at any time. And all of a sudden, somehow, they discovered the peak. And we have this enclave of listeners that are just very responsive and um, part of the radio station, but they're across the country in San Francisco. There's just a ton of those people that are listening to the peak as their local radio station because their local radio station went away one day. So um, just a nod and a wink to uh, my fogheads in exile that might be listening to this podcast out there in San Francisco. Jimmy, 2022, 52 years on the radio, looking back through it all, what rises to the surface as the most remarkable for you? Uh, certainly one of them is working with Howard Stern. I worked at K-Rock and I did, I did just about every show on K-Rock over the course of my 10, 12 years there. Morning show, midday, nighttime, afternoons. And uh, one of the best times was when I did the midday show, right after Howard's show. My shift was 10 to 2. Howard, of course, on from 6 to 10, but never, ever ended his show at 10 o'clock. Nevertheless, I felt the responsibility that I was being paid to work from 10 to 2. So at 10 o'clock in the morning, I would walk into the studio, whether Howard was finished or not. And I became part of the Howard Stern show for um, a couple of years. And that was just absolutely thrilling. And I never heard more from the listeners or people in my life. You know, I had been on the radio for all this time, but nevertheless, very rarely would somebody say, hey, I heard you say this on the air. I heard you say that on the air. But when you were on with Howard, all of a sudden, just random people like the person you meet in the supermarket might say, oh, yeah, I heard Howard really ragging out on you today, man. <laughs> you know, and it was it was great. And, and also sort of changed. I think I changed when I was part of the Howard Stern show because I became much just much more real. I know Howard is very real on the air. People would think that maybe that he was denigrating me in some kind of a way, but it's not really that way. It's more just like being in the studio with a friend of yours and he's just busting your balls, you know. <laughs> you know, when you see the twinkle in his eye when he says something about you or something like that, you know it's not it's nothing personal. It's just part of his shtick and he's your friend. And also, you know, I sort of felt after being part of that, that what am I going to be able to say on the radio or how am I going to approach radio? That's going to be something that's outrageous when I work for the radio station where Howard Stern works and he's the most outrageous individual <laughs> you ever were on, ever. And uh, it sort of changed me. And and, uh, I became much more real on the air and much, much less of a disc jockey and more of just a person. You know, when you're on the radio, you might be talking to thousands of people at once, but you really got to approach it like you're just talking to one person. 
because there's only one person listening on the other end. They're not gathered around like in a, in a in a Madison Square Garden, all listening to you, all those thousands of people. They're just one person out there, a couple of people. That really changed me. And that was um, one of the things over the, over the course of the time that you mentioned that I've been on the air that was a realization and a moment, a moment for me. Well, I was happy to hear you say that and not interviewing ZZ Top. <laughs> uh, next time I go to, with ZZ Top, I'm going to bring some Febreze into the <laughs> studio with me. <laughs> what the pandemic has definitely taught us, uh, Jimmy, is uh, you know, there is no more five-year plan. You know, we don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. So that aside, what? Do, how do you see your future? How do you see the future of radio? And uh, you know, wh- what would you like uh, the course uh, that you continue to, to to go down look like? It's tough. You know, I mean, obviously, since I've been on the air in 1970, everybody knows I'm not in my 40s. You know, I'm in my early 70s. I really don't have any reason to retire because it's not like a full-time job in a way that you have to go from nine to five every day. I mean, I do my show pretty rapidly. Uh, It's only a few hours a day, although there's a lot of because of the special shows that I do on the peak, including this program called the 10 to 10 and the after six section of my show, there is a lot of pre-planning and pre-recording stuff that goes into it. So it's not just the hours that I'm on the air that I'm working, but, um, I don't know. I, I don't feel like I got to retire. Uh, someone came on Facebook that was an old friend of mine who just discovered me on Facebook and said, oh, you're still doing that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm still doing it. I, I guess I'll especially now since I could do it from home. Uh, sometimes I'm not fully dressed when I'm doing my show. and I, I, There's no dress code here in, in my little home studio. Uh, I'm ready to just keep going. As long as the peak doesn't turn into that Spanish talk station, I guess I'm, uh, I'm good to go. No bueno. Yeah. Muy bueno. Yo soy Jimmy Fink. <laughs> Well, Jimmy, I, for one, uh, want to take the opportunity to say thank you for your time uh, and thank you for playing Renegade from Sticks in the spring of 78. I'm going to give you the credit for that. So <laughs> yeah, PLJ. I could play that on the 10 of 10, although I wouldn't stick go. that into the normal format of the peak. I don't think that, that that might be one of those songs that I hear, uh, you know, when I go in that store that I mentioned that plays the same songs all the time. Well, every time I hear it, it brings me back to that first time and, and how it remains part of a turning point in my path for the love of radio and for rock music and hearing you tell your stories today and your time at K-Rock I mean those were the days that I really was introduced to you and you and many others continue to influence me during my formative years in the direction of radio where I ultimately started my career in the late 80s it's been a real thrill talking to you today Jimmy and thank you so much for your time Jimmy yes thank you guys thank you guys for having me I appreciate it by the way if you can just stick in that people uh, outside of New York can always listen to The Peak online at 1071thepeak.com and there's an app. And there's a, the Peak app as well. Absolutely. Yeah, you want to get your uh, your socials in there? I know you have a lot of fun with uh, there was a time dot 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 in your posts, which are very, very cool to read. I have a very extensive collection of rock and roll and radio paraphernalia, and I'm generally posting something almost every day. I don't use my social media to talk about politics or anything that's controversial in any kind of way. I just put up uh, an old belt buckle of the, you know, that I might have gotten from Capitol Records back in the 1980s or something like that. Every day there's something interesting that I put up and sort of tell a little paragraph about it. And uh, yeah, follow me on Facebook and Instagram and um, definitely tune in to 1071thepeak.com to listen to me on the radio from 3 to 7 New York time and from 6 to 7 the after 6 section of my program is something that you just don't get on the radio anywhere in America. Jimmy Fink, 
What a career. And still going strong. Why retire? Indeed. Remember, air check seasons one, two, three, and four are available for you to play and replay again and again and again. Follow us, stream, and download every episode of AirCheck on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also tell your smart speaker to play AirCheck Podcast. If you haven't done so, give us a great rating. We'd also love to hear from you on our Facebook page, AirCheck Me. This is Rich DeSisto. And I'm Paul Kelly. We'll talk to you soon. Closing out another episode of AirCheck, a podcast about radio's personality from radio personalities. If you have radio stories to share, we'd love to hear from you. Join the AirCheck guest list. Email aircheckme at gmail.com. Musical props are Chris Gordon's. Announcer props, I'll take those. Greg O'Brien, the OB. AirCheck is available now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also tell your smart speaker to play AirCheck Podcast. AirCheck is the creation of RDPK Productions.